Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new edition of Getting Color right here on TheBigVitoBrand.com. And I have virtue being joined by the man himself, former WCW hardcore champion, by defeating Terry Funk, Big Vito LaGrasso. What is going on? How's everybody out there tonight? It's the BIGV from the LOG coming to you live, baby, live, as always. Coming from the new studio. I hope everybody's enjoying it. Um, <clears throat> I look pretty good in the studio, not for nothing. You yep. know, being a former Nick, you know, shaker, baker, candlestick maker, you know, doing everything you need to do to provide for the family and stuff, you know what I mean? And like Latrell Sprewell once said, how am I supposed to feed my kids on $21 million? Come on. Don't you wish you had those problems? I, I, I still can't believe those words came out of his mouth. So here's how we're going to start the show. This doesn't happen often. I said I sent you a, a group of discussion yeah. topics, right? And we always stick by them. As we're getting ready to, to go and record this, we're all informed that Kamala has passed away. I knew he had health problems. I knew he was in a wheelchair. I believe he lost his legs, right? I, I don't know if he had diabetes. I don't know what issues he had. But Vito, would you like to share any thoughts on this? Because this is news. I I don't even know how to react because I was a big fan of all those heel monster heels back then. I loved them all. John you Tenta, know. Kamala, great for the business. What is your take here? We just found out about this. You know, guys, I, I I'm gonna start off like this. You know, I'm I'm really when I look back at my career, I am uh, I am truly lucky because I wasn't an indie guy where I did a you know, I was trepsing around and working on these two good shows. I mean, my first year I was working in the big time. And, you know, when you get to meet these guys and they like you, and sometimes they don't like you because they, they pick you out of the litter. They see if you're a Mark. They see if you're a Kay Fabian. They see if you're just a fan. But when guys like, you know, Kamala, you know, James, you know, see you, Coco Beware, Jimmy Snooker, Dilidi, Bret Hart, the Bulldog, you know, Big Boss Man, and these guys pick you out. And they give you the benefit of their experience and they teach you. Like, like Honky Tonk Man took me under his wing. And if it wasn't for guys like Honky Tonk Man, uh, you know, and you know, you say uh, a Kamala in some sense, you know, him and Coco Beware, and uh, these guys put their calls into Lola. These guys called up and, you know, hey, why don't you get this kid down there? He's a good kid. He's doing TVs for Vince. You look back and you say, hey, you know, that was really good of them. And I could tell you, he gave me his phone number. He said, Scuff, you call me anytime you want. I'll pick up your phone call. I'll help you any way I can. I used to, I took him up on his offer and I called him. He used to call me. If, if I didn't get him, he called me. Um, if I didn't, uh, if I didn't hear from him, he, you know, he, he, he always, he always got back to me. And if I didn't, he was on the road. But as soon as he got a chance, he called me. Um, you can't ask for more than that when somebody reaches out like a veteran status, especially at a time in wrestling when, 
you know, like Virtue said, where they were bigger than life and they're the greatest big man heels and he was on top of the world, you know. And you look at today's wrestling and you say, okay, what's missing? That is what's missing. Those bigger than life guys, those big men, those characters, those guys who lived the wrestling business, who went... If you didn't go through Memphis, you never made it to the WWE. If you didn't go through Carlos, you didn't make it to the WWE. If you didn't make it to Japan in your first three years, you were a failure. I I guess it's just like a lot of people have been passing away last last, last month. Just a lot of people have been passing away in my life who meant something to me. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough. I, I could say a bunch of thank yous and... I could really like uh, uh, appreciate the veterans who put out for me, and I always say thank you to them. And I wish I could I could pay it forward more. I just had a guy call me up um, just uh, two days ago asking me how to put together his resume. He has a he has a tryout in one of the companies. I'm not going to say which one, but I said okay, yeah. How do I do? I says. Tear up everything you got down. Here's how you're going to do it. And I want you to go to so-and-so and say this to him. And they will guide you just by what you're saying. Well, who taught, Who was the one who told you this? And they're going to say, well, Vito told me to come to you and tell you this. Vito. Okay. Just because I told him to say some words that were passed along, and these are the words you always say when you get to try out, when you get to that place. I am not at a, I am not privileged enough, or I don't have the opportunity to teach these things on a regular daily basis. And it sits inside me, but when guys call me, they say, Vito, they, they, uh, they took my stuff, they looked at my stuff, they asked me who helped me with this, I told them who did, and they I said that you said hello and that if you could do A, B, C, and D, and they took care of the guy. That's just respect in the wrestling business and a respect for me because I'm the guy who put the time in. I'm the guy who did what it took to make it from the bottom of being an enhancement talent to being the top superstar in the business to being like Birch has said, you know, WCW hardcore champion, a man who beat Terry Funk or tag team champion or Iron Man champion or IWA champion or whatever champion, you know, developmental heavyweight champion, you know, championships are great. They're just a, pl- a place you hold, but the position in wrestling that you hold is you want that respect that when your name is mentioned, everybody's ears open up and how's he doing? What's going on? Yeah. Come over here. Come in this line. Don't go in that line. Come in this line. And I think that's what's wrong with the wrestling business today is that you have a lot of schools and you have a lot of guys that might mean well in teaching. But if you can, you ask your teacher, what was it like to sign your WWE contract? What was it like to sign with WCW? What was it like to sign with ECW? How were your tours of Japan? Um, how do you handle a tryout? You know, if those guys never made it and those guys can't give you those answers, then, you know, why are you going to their wrestling school? Yeah, I mean, it's knowledge, it's knowledge, you know, and respect. And that's, you know, we've always had 
bigger stars back when it was the old school way, right? If I'm looking back as a fan and everything I've seen to what I see today, it's what you just mentioned. And I, you don't see it as a fan, but you telling me is how I understand it, how Kamala took you under his wing, you know, and, and just how it's to pay it forward. And you see it in the product. And today, where is that? You know, few, guys, few and far between. Guys, I, I tell the story all the time, and maybe I, 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 don't, I don't like to brag. And like I said, in my house, my wife always says, why don't you show your wrestling memorabilia? I've got tons of stuff in my garage. When are you going to put your championship belts out? I never put them out. I always say, I keep them away, you know, because me looking at them, you know, I know what I achieved and I lived it, you know, but looking at them sometimes makes me sad because the business is not like it used to be. And holding those, those belts at one time meant prestige and honor. And you were on the Nitro Wars. You were going against DX for ratings. You were... You were challenging Terry Funk, the best hardcore wrestler probably ever of our generation or any era. You know, here I am going head to head with the man, you know. When you go with the man on Nitro on, you know, on Monday night and you're competing with the WWF and uh, with the WWE and you're, you're, you know, when the magazines meant something where has... Big Vito and his Eddie Guerrero, his Big Vito, there's the rock on the other side. I got the magazines to prove it. You know, when the rankings meant something and, you know, when the rankings came out, the boys used to get excited to see where they ranked. It wasn't like today where you pay, you mail it in. That was a legit ranking. And, you know, I ranked as, I was in the hundreds. That was good enough for me. I didn't want, you know, being number one, number two, and number three, hey, that, that's your, your hand-picked in life that's, that comes out before. But if you get to pin one, two, or three, it puts you in some pretty damn good company because not everybody gets to pick number pin number one, two, and three. Like, you know, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mazawa, right? Everybody knows the story. I went in there, you know, and I didn't know who the hell he was. And I just said, okay, man in green tights, laugh at me. Okay, great. And uh, I pinned him, and I, I made history. And nobody pinned that guy in five years, a triple crown winner in Japan, probably one of the greatest wrestlers in Japanese history. Here I come just trying to make a name for myself because I thought he was some dumb-looking chump who was laughing at me, but I didn't want to be laughed at. So, guys, you know, I know I sound kind of down, but... and. I'm not trying to be, but I, I know we have a lot of good topics, but I just want to say, I wish the wrestling business can go back to the way it was. When you got a guy like Bret Hart, when I did TV tapings and he was a little hard on me and um, came back to me, he says, hey, I apologize. And I said, for what? He says, I was a little rough with you. See, but I asked to work with you today. And I just looked at that match on, on, uh, on Twitter where I had offense against Bret Hart, the great Bret Hart champion. And uh, nobody had offense on Bret Hart, you know, especially doing, you know, those types of matches. And here I was going toe-to-toe with Bret Hart. And for a little bit of time that I had, that was great and brought my ego up, brought my self-esteem up. And to know I could hang with these guys, I could wrestle that early in my career, and I could wrestle with these guys. And that goes from the training I had and the tutelage that I had 
for all the veterans who whoever took participated in teaching me. I thank you all the time. But today I say goodbye to Kamala James. You know, thank you very much for taking the time with this kid who wanted to be somebody in wrestling. I appreciate it. All right, let's start the show. Well said, Vito. Um, we have some head scratcher topics here, and Go we're ahead. just going to kick off with. Speaking of veterans, Chris Jericho, we know veteran uh, of the business. I didn't even know this until I heard I read the news. Yeah. I guess he did a Fozzie concert in the last that. 48 yeah. hours or whenever yes. it was. Yes, I know. With about lack that. of social distancing and lack of masks. So please tell me what like what's going on with this? Is he a, a non-coronavirus believer? What what do you think here? Very strange. And I think it's on US soil. I am going to say this, guys, okay? Now, I know we're in a pandemic. I know wrestling is very highlighted. I know we got a social distance and everything. But can you honestly wear a mask at a rock concert? No. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, I know people are jumping on the bandwagon, but I can't knock them because you don't do that at a rock concert. You don't go there to wear a mask and not to breathe. They're smoking. They're drinking. They're cursing. They're doing everything under the sun to do what they do, and that's to be a rock and roller. So Chris Jericho didn't do anything bad. You know what? Behind the scenes at AEW, guys, and I'm not knocking the AEW. I'm not saying I know what goes on. But do you, you've just used perception. Do you think they're wearing masks and they're social distancing at six feet and staying away from each other and not breathing on each other? When they're going out there and they're wrestling, I don't know. Hindsight says they're practicing this social distancing, but not at this the stern sternness that should be. Chris Jericho did nothing wrong. He went to a rock and roll concert, you know, where you're not supposed to rock and roll and headbang and do the Fozzie. Hey, give him a pass on that one. Yeah, and I will too, because it's like that, you know, that group of people that likes to rock out and go, I mean, it's travel at your own risk. It's usually younger people. And what we're starting to see is, yes, we're getting huge numbers of virus um, positive tests, but also the younger the people that get them, they're not getting the complications as much. It's still serious, you know. I know you know that, and I know no, that. It is very, guys, it's very serious, you know. But we've been at this for six, seven months, right? Oh, God, it seems like a year. <laughs> it seems like a long time, and everybody's been under the gun, and everybody has a lot of pressure on them. But you got to let off some steam. You can't live in hibernation. You got to get out there and live. You know, we try to do the best we can here. And I, you know, I do my best to social distance and keep away from people, you know, but the same token, I've got to live my life too. I can't be a hermit. I go nuts. Do yeah. I go to the pool? Do I got a great tan? Do I go to the gym? Am I playing ball? Yes, I am. But am I taking precautions, sanitizers, masks, and doing everything possible to keep myself safe? Yes. Am I getting tested every two weeks plus giving blood every couple months to keep myself healthy? Yes. I'm doing everything by the book to keep healthy. And for who's in my household, I'm doing everything to follow protocol. You know what? And, you know, the reckless people and everybody out there, just be careful. You know, what can I tell you? Be careful. Who knows how many people will get it from that concert? We'll never know. Yeah, that's a good point. We're going to, since Jericho is an AEW, we got a couple topics that kind of revolve around that this week. So moving on, we know that 
Dynamite's drawing 750 to 900,000, which they did last right. week. But we know they're not getting a million. We've heard through the dirt sheets that TNT is happy with the demo. So even though it's not the wrestling numbers of like yesteryear, big time, millions and millions of people watching it, they supposedly are doing what TNT, you know, signed the agreement for, and they're happy for advertisers. Okay. But the top executive that signed the, the deal for AEW to be on TNT is now leaving the company, TNT, Turner Broadcasting, to go elsewhere. Is this, does this matter at this point, Vito, or you, you were on WCW on TNT, right? So I'm not sure how in depth we know Russo knows how about these networks work. What do you think with this? Going to affect AEW? Maybe not at all. Guys, <clears throat> when there's a new owner in place, now there's going to be a new executive. He might have a different philosophy on how he wants to run his business. He'll want to bring his guys in. He'll want to do things his way to get the best ratings because his name is going on it. You know, it's just like football in the NFL, right? Let's take the Jets, for instance, okay? And the GM before Douglas had all these picks and all these draft choices and everything. They just got rid of the last draft, draft pick from that guy's era. And they got rid of all the players from this guy's era to start with uh, Douglas's era. So it was a house cleaning. It's just like the Mets who were up for sale. Do you think that the GM that's there right now, if they don't win this year, when if they get a new owner, do you think he's staying in place? Ain't happening. The New York Knicks, they've been going through change after change. They finally got a good system, a good general manager, and a, and a good uh, a good team going. They think they found the right coach. He's a winning coach. He's a good coach. Now they just got to get guys to come and play. But the thing is, James Dolan is the problem. They don't want to play for him because of such and such. So it's up to the new GM, who happens to be very friendly and a very popular guy in the NBA, to bring in these stars and bring in what they need. So the answer is yes, they should be a little bit worried because the first time they dipped to 600,000, somebody's getting a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe early, early on TNT might've been happy. Hey, let's get these numbers to start off with, but I mean, we're going to be approaching the year anniversary and you would think that seven figures is your goal. And here's the thing. I know of some guys, you know, of some guys that would be great consultants for TNT not for AEW, but to give them some inside scoop of how you should present a wrestling product to get the most eyeballs. That's all I'm going to say, unless you want to add to that. You know, guys, you know, it's we're, we're in a funny place because we don't have any crowds. We don't have any things. And like um, over the past couple of weeks, I went on the WWE Network and I was watching my old matches. Every house show was filled to capacity. And if you guys take the time to go watch the, the old WCW tapes when I was wrestling, and um, you talk about packed houses, every single show was jam-packed. So you're talking, not only was I wrestling in front of jam-packed houses when I was in the WWF in 1991, two and three 
and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7 before 98 to go to ECW. And then ECW had their own cult following where their houses were jam-packed. So you talk about me wrestling in front of jam-packed houses. I've seen it. I've lived it. I've been Memphis Memory Show, Memphis Coliseum, over 13,000 people. Cogwas for, for Carlos Colon, or Carlos and Bronco, 13,000 people. Just talking about the best of the best in, like, you know, in Japan, we sometimes you have 18,000, 20,000 people. Guys, I, I've, I've seen it. I've lived it. Australia, when I wrestled Goldberg, that place was, they were coming out of the rafters. I think it was over 25,000. Germany tour, 30,000. Spain, that, Spain. That show with the Warrior and yeah. Orlando Jordan, Nepal. Was it Nepal? No, it wasn't. Nepal. I was the, that was another one. Nepal another was another one. show. Yeah. 25,000 raw people, okay, looking to kill me. But there I was looking at a soccer stadium full of fans, and I was like, wow, I drew this house, and they want to draw my blood. I'm like, you can't ask for anything better, but when you see those kind of numbers and you go over there and you're like, wow, that's big. I mean, to wrestle in front of 100,000 and set, the WrestleMania I was in, I wrestled in front of 78,000. So I came out in front of seventy-eight thousand people. Big time. That's yep. big. That's big numbers. So we'll have to see. You know, I, I'm sure there's still some people in place at TNT that were part of this AEW, and they're still going to be, you know, working closely with Tony Khan and maybe happy with status quo. But you know, I just like to see companies need to get pushed, right, to be their absolute best. So we'll see what happens with this. Now, speaking of uh, bloodshed, getting color. You were talking about Nepal, that they wanted your blood. Matt Hardy, veteran, veteran. Most recently on Dynamite, Sammy Guevara, you know, who I've I've enjoyed. I know he's working closely with Chris Jericho, but at times he's young. He's inexperienced on TV. The pressures of filling, you know, doing the hard camera shots, getting your time in. And he threw a chair pretty hard at Matt Hardy who really wasn't looking at that second, and you saw it. It gashed him. Multiple-digit stitches. Like, is he getting now? Supposedly he got reprimanded, right? I don't know exactly what that means. This is a Sammy Guevara coming off the Sasha Banks rape joke from years ago. Uh, what do you think? This, this is going to be something that Matt and, and certain veterans work with Sammy in the back saying, you got to be careful out there. That was a nasty cut. What do you think here? Guys? To the head, too, by the way. I, 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 I'm going to say this. When we look back at ECW, did you ever see guys get butchered up like this, like recklessly? I've been in, I've been in hardcore matches like countless, countless. Nobody's ever cracked my head open. Yeah, I think it was all the gig stuff because they I, were they, you do it to yourself because then it's your own problem. You know what but, I mean? But the thing is, when you're reckless with the toys and you're nervous and you're not watching. Now, Matt Hardy should have been watching Sammy Guevara, but he trusted him. Sammy Guevara, I think, is 24 years old, 25 he's years old. Young. He's early 20s, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And when you talk about experience, he swept behind the ears. He didn't have the experience to handle a chair, know how to deliver properly. And anybody who throws a chair at somebody, you should be ashamed of yourself because that's not the way you do it. You're reckless. You're looking to hurt somebody. You want to you wanna place it. There's a way to do it. There's a craft to it. Not throwing things. I see guys throw things all the time. Gets my gourd. Every time I handled something, I never threw it. Brian Nobbs used to throw things. He used to be dangerous. Nobody wanted to work with him because he was reckless, right? Now, can Sammy Guevara be the new Nia Jack and look to take out, you know, people? Could he be the new Seth Rollins when Seth Rollins was hurting people? First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. Third time, hey. Time for you to take a hiatus off TV. Here's what I noticed. He was rushing to his spot when the chair thing happened. What did he do shortly after that, which is something that he and Matt both knew he was going to do? The ridiculous flip onto Matt off the stage or whatever that was, down crashing through Matt on the table. His mind was so focused on getting to that spot. Look what happened with the chair. That That's just my point of view watching it. Now, I'm going to give people a point of view here. I give Matt Hardy 100 points on veteran leadership and keeping your cool and finishing the spot while he's bleeding like a sieve on the table. That's a pro, okay? Some guys would have got up off the table, said, hey, what the fuck? Probably put the guy through the table and did his own spot. But, I mean, Matt Hardy deserves a lot of credit, and that's like that's that's a veteran right there, guys. Probably in the back, he probably got his ass handed to him and probably had, you know, a bunch of people saying, what are you doing? You know, you could have blinded him. You could have broke his nose. You could have did something really bad. What happens if he would have cracked his head open and he would have got knocked out and started his head bleeding right there on on the spot? Guys, you don't know how to play with the toys. Leave them alone. You don't need to do this. You don't need hardcore. It's passe. You don't need to do chair shots to the head. It's passe. Leave it alone, guys. Go ahead. And that spot wasn't needed because, I mean, he was going to do the big spot flip off the top thing anyway. All right. Well, here's our little buffer um, topic because, boy, when we get to the main event today, wow, that's all I'm going to say. But let's talk about WWE just a little bit in terms of Shane McMahon is back, right? Anytime ratings start sinking and sinking and sinking and sinking. Well, you know, you're not getting Roman back anytime soon. You know, you're not getting Brock back, even though we know they need. Those are the only two guys we can give any star power to in this era of no big stars. I mean, outside of Brock, we know he's a big deal. But Shane McMahon, anybody with a McMahon comes back to pop a rating. They put him in this raw underground thing. And it's like some. they're trying to present it as shoot fight. Fight Club. Yes. I don't know if they're going to get some younger stars over this way, possibly. Now, this first segment, the first week on Raw, ended with the Hurt Club or whatever they're called, the with MVP, his group, Lashley, basically going in there and taking down the place and owning it. And at the end, Shane was looking at him like, this is going to be something. So they were building up that group. Great. What is your take on this? Something different. But I saw some fans already saying, who want change, by the way? Oh, my God, they're doing that. You want change? And then WWE tries to give you change. So I don't even know if this is good or bad yet because it's so early. What do you think? 
guys, let me tell you something. I saw that. I got excited. Why? Because this could be the ground floor for something new. But the guys have to learn how to work a worksheet. That means open hand slaps. That means doing uh, solid strikes, kicks, not double axe handles on the floor. We're talking open hand. I just watched a match with Bader and um, Hiroshima. All you had to do was say Bader, and I was sold. But continue. But, But... that match, and everybody forgets it was. Uh, I was just talking to Howard Brody, who worked with the NWA, and I and I reminded him about the the shoot fight league that was in the early '80s, '90s, that was going around, and this was the first shoot fight club that Nunzio was in, that Nunzio was trying to get me part of because I loved that style of fighting. If you could open hand strike and do shoots, and you could wrestle. That is the ultimate of fighting. And that's where the ultimate fight challenge came. The original, where Hoist Gracie was champion. And Hoist Gracie used to pull hair, choke guys out with their geese, and do all that stuff. This could, this could be so groundbreaking that guys at the NXT level could make a home and don't have to go to Raw, don't have to go to SmackDown. They could stay on that stage and wrestle there and become the best worksheet fighters in the world. But they have to have the guys teach you how to do it. That first show, it exposed them. They need to tighten it up. Shane needs to be, doesn't need to be the play-by-play guy. He needs to be the Dana White guy. Yep. Guys, that's a moneymaker right there. And you, you look, you got Matt Riddle over on SmackDown. If he doesn't, if, you know, there's a guy that you could do. You yeah, could build this to return Brock down the road. Cause that's, not, I, that's, that's so beneath Brock. But, but I'm, I'm just saying, though, what if WWE was able, like you said, to make this groundbreaking and elevate it enough to where Brock's like, well, now it's worth something. I mean, we don't know. It's early. Who and I'm getting Brock, ahead of myself. I know. Who would Brock fight on that level that it would have to be assuming because of the heat that they've had I'm, you know how they like to do, do you that. know how ugly that would be that there's no ropes and there's no cage and there's only a mat do you realize they would have to put a cage up for that but anyway i'm getting ahead of myself i know you are, but, you like, are. but i would but i wouldn't want to see riddle go back he already made his leap out of there this is groundbreaking for the guys who are new in there who don't know. And this is a chance for new stars to be made, but they got to learn how to do a worksheet. Noted. And I like that. And you know what? I like that you said that you're excited just to see where this goes. And we're not going to write it off like some people. No, not at all. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't do that because I'm a, I wrote on Twitter, if I could teach that style, I would love to teach that style. I would love to be a coach on that brand, on that open hand brand, because that is Vito 100%. That's the skull. That's what I would like sink my teeth into. That's what's getting the meat potatoes. That's what being a wrestler is about. Now, not being all this other stuff there and the characters, but if you can get down and you could do this correctly, 
and you can do good, you 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 make yourself you make yourself a million bucks, guys. Good luck with it. WWE, good luck with it. And there you go to all the WWE eavesdroppers out there. You heard Big Vito offering his services right there. All right. You ready for this main event? Like big yeah. time, big time head scratcher. And we're gonna go to Marty Gennetti. I had to look up his age. I see he's 60, he's 60 years old. Okay. He says when and this was on his Facebook and he deleted it, but he actually doubled down on this. TMZ's on this and everything. He said when he was 13, this would have been 47 years ago, that he more or less said he murdered a man. Okay. Right. And it made it sound like it wasn't as it wasn't his last, but I'm not, I'm more worried about this particular instance. Now he did say this was at a bowling alley next to a river and a guy that worked at the bowling alley was coming on to him, touching him, trying to, and he was defending himself. Now, so now it's more like a self-defense and, and fighting this guy off, hit him in the head with the brick, potentially killed him. Like we don't know any more on this yet and threw him in the river. Now, usually bodies turn up, people go missing and cops are all over this. So is this Marty on drugs, not knowing what the hell he's saying? Is this true? Vito, I mean, it's it's serious either way. If Marty's having big time drug problems and doesn't even know what he's typing, or this is something of his past, it's this is just a big time concern, and he need the man needs help. Go for it, man. I mean, this is this is just, I cannot believe I was reading this this week. Guys, I'm gonna say this. It's very sad, and it's disturbing especially since I wrestled Marty Jannetty. I know him for many years, still talking almost 30 years. And when you hear something like this, at this age of 60 years old, something is not right. So I saw a lot of guys on Facebook and Twitter who were supposedly in the wrestling business acting like the biggest marks Hey, any updates on Marty Jannetty? Hey, what's going on? Oh, how can Marty do this? How about if you're one of the boys like Vito LaGrasso, when there's a problem, call up the guy. Hey, brother, what's going on? Need any help or anything? You know, can I help you? Are you okay? You got your mind straight? I can tell you that anytime something ever happened, I've reached out to more boys more of the boys and gals in my time than I could than I could shake a stick at because when you are one of the boys that's what you do as a brother and that's what you do for your sisters that's what you do in the brotherhood of wrestling you don't post on Facebook you don't act like this as far as what happened with Marty I it's his business I hope he had a bad day and he wrote something stupid. I would never want to think anybody can kill somebody. But for him to write that out of nowhere at 60 with all the drugs and all the stuff, maybe he had an off day. I don't know. I can't make a comment because I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. But all I could say is I hope it's not true. I hope Marty gets, gets, gets himself right. And then, you know, and maybe... Uh, things will turn out to where this goes away for him because if it doesn't, he's looking at possible jail time. Yeah. And at 60 years old, do you want to go to jail? Dude, and, you know, 
say it happened and say it was self-defense, I mean, he hit it and that's a crime, you know, I mean, scared kid, whatever, 13 years old. It's just, that's crazy. Just crazy, crazy. So hopefully we get some news that kind of corrects this or we get more, you know, more light is shed on this situation during this week. And I, I just, I don't like any, this is just weird. It's weird. And you got to look out for the guy, you know, I mean, that, you, you know, know, you know what, you it, know what it, stinks. You know what's what, that, David? You wonder what stinks. Well, we had the, all the concussion stuff over the last five years, right? And they were guys who needed help. I reached out to almost all of them and trying to offer them help. You know, guys who called me who have passed away. And um, the most difficult thing to hear is guys in trouble, and you trying to help them. You might not talk to them all the time, but. Because you rode the road and you broke bread and you, you, you know, you're a family at one time, that bomb doesn't break. I, I could tell you when the lawsuit came out, a guy by the name of Brian Christopher called me. He said, Scott, he said, I need some help. I said, but I don't want to affect my father and I don't want to call from his job. I says, well, I says, I understand that. I said, why don't you call the lawyer, call Bill. And let's see if we can, you know, let's see if you can come to some kind of compromise. It says, but this is what it is. And it says, can you help me with some things? And I says, yeah. I said, let's speak to Bill and let's get you some help. He wasn't the first one and he wasn't the last one. Balls and axle. You look at those guys, they're not here no more. You know, there are countless guys who are, who are, who are gone, who are my boys. You know what I mean? Guys who I rode the road with. And, you know, I can't bring them back. And every time I turn around, another one goes. And, guys, it's real tough to see. You know, like Kamala. You know, Kamala needed a wheelchair. He put in time with the WWE, the WWF. Made them a lot of money. You know who got him a wheelchair? It was Coco Beware. Wow. WWE didn't get him a wheelchair when, you know, he was out there on a GoFundMe. That's disgusting. You know, what would it have taken for the WWE to go get that man a wheelchair? Yeah, no legs. Thank you for your service. We appreciate yep. you. You know, you don't need a Hall of Fame plaque. We don't need nothing. But that's where you talk about where health benefits and a contract and union and all that stuff comes into play when guys are like this. Now, was he well off? Was he to do? No, he was a working man. He's a truck driver, you know, and it's just very sad to hear. I mean, I called up the lawyer today and everybody knows Kamala was with the lawsuit. You know, his wife's speaking and, you know, his brain is being donated and that's going to be a great thing. Yeah. I just, um, I just feel bad, you know, especially when we're talking about stuff like this, it gets me down because there are a lot of guys who can use help and some people don't want to help. And it kind of sucks. Yep. Well, I know our listeners and viewers are going to appreciate this episode today. I mean, they appreciate every episode, Vito, but this is powerful, and and we're going to close it. Um, so I'm going to give you the floor to say any last thing you would like to say, and we're going to send this to Noel because people need to hear what you have to say this week more than any other week recently. Guys, I want to say this: if you if you've been wrestling and you cross paths with me and you you've been you you rode the road with me. And if you need somebody to talk to, you've got some problems, my number's available, my email's available, Facebook is available. 
hit me up. If I can help you, I will help you. You know what I mean? I always put out my shingle like that. When it comes to guys in the business who, go, who have opportunity and they need the know-how, guys, you want, you, want, you, want the, you want the real stuff. You want the truth. You want the straight dope, right? I'm not going to sit there and watch a bunch of tapes. I'm not, that's not me. But if you, have, you definitely have a tryout or you have something coming up, you need to polish up your stuff. I'm the guy you want to talk to because I could tell you the things that they will look at because I've been in I've been in the office when they go through guys' stuff. Nah, this guy's a jobber. No, nah, this guy's a bum. Look at this stupid tape. Look at this. I've sent out countless stuff to him. I hate it right. I know what I'm talking about. It's the guys out there who say they're trainers and teachers and they've been in the business. But how can they answer the question that I'm going to answer if they never had, they never hit that home run? Yep, that's a good point, Vito. And you can get a hold of Vito, right, on Twitter, right, at the Big Vito brand. And if he follows you back, then you can DM, like, if it's somebody that you need to reach out to. Hopefully, they would already have your number, though, Vito. Any of the boys out there who got problems like that, you said, let's try, let's try to get you some help. Let's try to make it so it's good. And for all the guys out there who are wrestling and you're going to use that chair or you're going to use that stick or you're going to use a bat or whatever, guys, be careful, man. Because you could really seriously hurt somebody. And if you don't know what you're doing, just say, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please, can we not do this? It's okay to say no. Don't be that mark that says yes to everything and you wind up crippled. Vito, what did you think when Terry Funk hit you with the water bottle, the water cooler bottle? Was that from Nitro? Yeah, that was natural. But guys, he hit me solid. Those were solid shots directly on the top of my head, right? The top of your head and your forehead are the most most solid points of your head that you can get hit with. And it would hit flush. When you take a garbage can, okay, it isn't hitting it sideways or with the handle. It's hitting it flush so it bends. When you're hitting somebody with a garbage can lid, don't hit them like the, with the handle like Ralphus did to me. Hit them with the flat part. <laughs> That's true. Can't, you know, kendo sticks. I was the king of kendo sticks. There's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And when you're looking to take somebody's head off or aiming for the nose or anything, there's special spots you look for. There's a way to swing it. Just don't swing the thing to say you're going to swing it. If you're going to give somebody a chair shot, hey, brother, put your hands up. There's no, di this ain't the Bravo stuff of, of Skullbomb Crush or Big Vito from 25 years ago. Those days are over. And The Rock and Steve Austin and Kurt Angle and everybody else who took, who took chair shots. And those guys took unprotected chair shots just like me. So don't fool yourself. But now everybody's saying protect yourself. Put your hands up. Don't take it to the head. Take it in the back if you have to. You know, I, guys, I can't express enough. Be careful out there because you know what? We don't need any more crippled. We don't need any more guys dying. We don't need any more deaths. We certainly don't need anybody getting stitches like Matt Hardy just did for unnecessary, you know, conduct in the wrestling business. And that's a great point, Vito. And everybody listen to Big Vito. He knows what he's talking about. But that's it, folks. If you want to follow Big Vito, do it on Twitter at the Big Vito brand. Right? That's your Twitter handle, I believe, correct? I say it every week. There you do. You got it right. Follow me on Twitter at NoDQ underscore Virtue. 
And this has been Getting Color, and we appreciate you listening and watching every week. And guess what, folks? We'll come back next week, and we'll do this again. So for Big Vito, I am Virtue. This is the BigVitoBrand.com, Getting Color. See you next time.